Hello and welcome to another drive-in double feature. I'm Ryan. I'm Nathan. And this is the podcast where we talk about two movies every Tuesday and Thursday. But today we're going to be talking about 1961's Mothra. And that is directed by Ashiro Honda, the man himself. My most watched director. You love him on Letterboxd. The people mm-hmm. in the Toho movies are your most watched actors now. <laughs> yeah, it's a full, full like as they all return. I had literally almost pretty much. It, it's so funny because, or well, we're jumping ahead, but but it's so funny though. Like you know, when you're a kid, you don't really realize how many times they repeat actors in these movies. When I was watching them, but now watching these movies back to back to back i'm just like oh there's that guy oh there's that guy again like yeah yeah but it's great i i don't mind it at all actually this movie is a little different so uh this is right after rodan came out and uh toho was more kind of feeling like they hadn't really tapped into their female audience that well and they're really kind of wanting a, a more feminine touch going a little more fantasy related for their movies and while still having like a, a big monster movie in here and they decided to go with Mothra and uh, how Mothra was created, which is this really wild story, which would be way too long to explain, but I can definitely see what they meant though. I mean, I could definitely see like the direction they were going with, with this one. Yeah. It, this one felt to me like a Disney movie for a good chunk of the movie and reading about it later and that's what they were kind of going for, like the Disney movies of the era, because there's a lot of like fantastical elements. It's a much more like fantastical movie. That's like the perfect words for it. And uh, Ryan, I really liked Mothra. I I Did really you? enjoyed this one. It's I, it's a fun movie. It is so. I, it it really does. I mean. You know, it's funny you said Disney movie because I was thinking the exact same thing. I'm like, this mm-hmm. feels like a Disney movie, like because it's it's got like it's got a really evil character, like cartoonishly evil, but it's nothing like too scary or anything like that. It's just got enough whimsy to it, and it's like one of those where you know you feel like you could take the family to go see it, and they'd all have a good time. Yeah, yeah, I think everybody would have a good time with it. Uh, and also, another thing is, is if it was in America when you took the family to see it, the English version, it it's pretty good too. Like both, we watched both versions for this movie, and I'm sure we'll get into the differences later. But they're pretty similar from when I watched them. Yeah, there's uh, there's little differences. So I did I watched this movie three times because I had to watch it with the audio commentary and they actually it did explain what was cut out from, from the movie. Oh, cool. Um, and it's actually, uh, the commentary is done by Steve, uh, rifle and, uh, he did the, uh, Godzilla raids again, audio commentary that I was referencing for that one. So mm-hmm. I'll be referencing that commentary for this movie as well. Nice. Nice. No. And I always love getting that info from you. The the Godzilla King up the, over there. Or I should say Kaiju King. Yeah. Cause once again, Mothra is not Godzilla. It's, a, it's no. its own thing. No. And like I said, like this movie, uh, they, they really wanted a monster for it. And it was this really like bizarre story that they had told where it was actually serialized in a magazine at first, like leading up to this movie. And 
it was this real crazy story. Like this God, like the gods came down and like, I'm going to be paraphrasing a lot that like ripped off a piece of its flesh and it became two caterpillars. And then like the two caterpillars laid eggs. And it was these two little four little fairy looking things, but in the movie that became two and you can see they simplified it a lot for this movie. (laughs) Oh yeah. It's, it it is like what you just explained is not really like what's going on here. It's like super easy palatable because I mean, what it is, it like, they save some people and then they go to an island and then they discuss like it doesn't even have anything really to do with mothra for a while it's more about like just uh trying to figure out what's on this radioactive island you get to introduce to our villain uh played by jerry ito which is an amazing name loved him in this role he is playing the perfect over-the-top villain it, it was, he's great in this movie um some facts about him is that him and his family lived in America during um, World War II. And, you know, like during World War II, they were taking Japanese Americans and trying to put them in internment camps because they thought they were spies for Japan. So Jerry Ito's dad, who was a famous ballet dancer from Japan, actually had to evacuate and go back to Japan. He didn't see his dad for almost 20 years. Oh, until wow. they, Yeah. Until they reunited and, uh, Jerry Ito become, became like an actor for Japanese productions. And it's funny, after this movie came out, his mom like went to go see the movie and she said, oh, Jerry, you were, I love seeing you on the big screen, but why did you have to be such a mean character? <laughs> yeah, and that seems to be his thing. Like in Japanese movies, he plays villains. I, I don't know why. I mean, maybe because he just played it so well. Um, I loved it too, because he's supposed to be... It, so it's weird. It's like a fake country in this movie. It feels like a mix between like the yeah the Soviet Union and America. Is that what they're like going for with it? Yeah. So it was originally yeah. supposed to be like Russia and America, but the the only the only aspect of Russia that I got was just kind of like the uniforms that they would wear. But ninety mm-hmm. percent of it, it, it's pointing to that this is this is America. Yeah. Oh, America is going to exploit these little fairies so that that's what that's what they find and this is the fantastical element of the movie is these little fairies that they find yeah those were there's these two little 30 centimeter girls in the movie and they're actually played by a twin singing group from japan called the peanuts i love it that's cute yeah (laughs) and uh they that's pretty much like their claim to fame is that they, they were a famous like pop duo in the fifties and sixties, but then like they actually did Godzilla movies or Moth, but but where Mothra was the main character. So they will appear again in other movies. Nice. I'm all for that. Cause I, I really like their song, their song, Mothra. Yeah. The great stuff. Yeah. That's probably the thing that this movie is most remembered for is the thought mm-hmm. of the song other than Mothra, of course, but yeah. The, uh but yeah this this movie i i really love the tone that they told for this one it's not explicitly sci-fi type of thing it's more fantasy and that's a very specific reason why that was because normally for their movies they would hire a sci-fi writer or like somebody that specializes in sci-fi and they actually went in the opposite direction they hired a guy that was known for dramas oh really okay cool and i think that kind of helped it kind of it didn't keep it to that hard line sci-fi one. And uh, 
it's it shows and the movie has a lot of really crazy imagery in there especially like on the island and some of the creatures and stuff that they see and this is a fact about one of the writers i don't know if this had any effect but apparently the writer while doing this it, it was actually a trio of writers but one of them was actually going through electroshock therapy <laughs> while he was writing it love it <laughs> so it they shows said, maybe who knows <laughs> but, <laughs> I actually, I, I really loved a lot of the imagery. Like when they actually go on the island, it's so colorful. Like when, especially when mm-hmm. the one scientist goes in the cave and you see all these like bright lights and things yeah. like that. It looked, it looked really good. It's very vibrant. That's, uh, I think the whole movie is a really vibrant movie. Like you can think of, when you think of Mothra, you think about all the colors. I, I think they did a good job with like the just the what what is it toho scope that's what they call their technicolor process it's really got like a really nice look to it It, a lot of things pop yeah that's that was their answer to cinemascope so that was just so they uh they put that like wide on the screen Mm -hmm. um but yeah look it looks great i mean it looks like a big time movie like when you watch it it looks like it's really grand in scale and Mm-hmm. I mean, even the special effects in there, I thought were pretty decent. There was a couple of like ones that were kind of weird, I guess, because it was uh, when they do pick up the the girls, like they kidnap the little fairies. It's it, it clearly yeah, it's just, it's just like the, like these little Barbie doll looking things. Yeah, it looks like they're just holding Barbie dolls. And in the blue screen process, I think from like a today today's viewers' perspective, it might not be to perfection, but I think for its time, the blue screen is fine yeah it it worked well enough yeah uh, but uh some other aspects though um i actually like i mean the so the humans are kind of like an afterthought a lot of times in these movies but i actually mm-hmm. thought the human characters were pretty good i actually really even like the reporter character i mean he's yeah. he's really charismatic i mean you know he's he's likable and you know it doesn't he doesn't get in the way or anything he's not super annoying i, I liked him yeah i liked him i liked his partner she was really cool um, yeah, they just seem like bumbling photographers. I, I actually really appreciated them. Um, and they, they, oh, uh, their boss, uh, Takashi Shimura, shows up again, uh, which is awesome. You know, like we've said before, Akira Kurosawa, favorite from Akiru, always, always happy to see him. But and he's really funny in it too. I actually thought he had some really funny jokes. He is. He's like a yeah. stern news editor, so it's this reporter, he's kind of involving himself in the story and like, and trying to help out in any way he can. And his boss is just like, he's basically just like J. Jonah Jameson. He's like, you know what? I need pictures of Mothra on my desk tomorrow. (laughs) Yeah. Which makes, well, I don't want to get into the ending yet, but it makes the finale joke a lot funnier. It Um, does. But yeah, there was some other stuff in there that was a little questionable too. Like uh, when they're back on the Island, all the natives are in blackface again. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I'll just say what I said last time. I, you know, blackface is way different culturally in Japan, um, but still, it's not great to see. I, I mean, even even in America back then, I don't think it was really frowned upon too heavily. So. No, no, they still did blackface in '61. Yeah, for sure. So, but you know, otherwise though, I. I did really like the aesthetics of like the island, like we said, with all the colors, and they even have like a little shrine to Mothra in this movie too. Yes, yeah, they do. Um, 
And what what I really uh, I mean I really liked all of like those scenes like the like there's some kind of tension built up when they pick up the the two women and then like they slowly come out and they look like they're gonna kill them and it, it's really funny that as soon as they put them down the the tribe's like oh okay they're fine they just wanted a better look at them I guess and they just walk away oh uh, yeah well, that was kind of funny because they were just like once as soon as they put down the fairies they're just like oh, okay then yeah we'll leave you alone now yeah and. Th- but then later in the movie, they, you know, Jerry Ito comes back, Clark Nelson comes and steals the fairies, like, for good this time. And then the natives show up, and they just mow them down like crazy. Just break out machine guns yeah. and just go to town. Definitely a, a comment on uh, America just right there. Uh, it's it, I don't know why people don't talk about that as much. I feel like I didn't read much about that anywhere. So, yeah, I mean, I, this, so the originally like the story, like the much longer version of the story that was in the magazine, this was actually a very highly political movie at gotcha. one point. And it definitely shows, I mean, especially with the common commenting on America, because they even imply that because the country in this movie is called uh, Roliska, Roliska, something like that. Well, I can't, I, I, I can't even pronounce it, but anyway, yeah. uh, they implied that that country was the one responsible for all the nuclear testing too. So they're just pretty much just like, guys, America sucks. <laughs> yeah. This is all America's fault. But then again, that means we created an amazing monster. I think that's pre- I think that's a success at the end of the day. Right. But you know, got, but Mothra in this one, <laughs> at least was uh, Mothra was not created by a radiation. So yeah, true, true. Which, I, I, that was one thing I did like, too, because, you know, Godzilla and things, and Rodan and Angerus, it's they're all results of nuclear testing. And Mothra is just kind of this mythical being that's been protecting this island for the, for centuries. Yeah, I actually really liked that Mothra was a development, too. Like, when you would expect Mothra to just show up and be in the movie... Well, it's actually a larva that goes around and destroys things. Uh, there's like even more buildup, but with destruction. So it, it it makes it so the monster reveal happens later, but you still get that nice action to keep the plot going. Yeah, and they don't, and Mothra is not a monster that blindly destroying things. Like Godzilla didn't really have a direction in terms of when he was on the island he was just this monster that was just in pain and he just he just wanted the, all this violence to stop and just was like just telling basically the people of Tokyo that you know hey quit with all this nuclear testing mm. and Mothra was just kind of like I'm here to get the fairies I'm getting out of here type of thing exactly yeah and and that's what it feels like uh, I I want to the larva does more destruction than Mothra does. Yeah, well, I mean Mothra does cause basically a hurricane at one she d- point. Yeah, she does. She does. That is true, and I guess that's pretty <laughs> devastating. I well, I was going to say that you know the costume, especially in the larva costume, since it was so low to the ground and so long, they had to make some super detailed miniatures, and they were already impressive before. But this one, they actually had it looking like a real town yeah yeah it actually looks like because i mean i don't have a lot of experience with japan right but i've played a lot of yakuza and i know those cities are based on like real places in japan and that's exactly what it reminded me of it was like a look 
perfect. These miniatures are awesome, and their destruction is great. The special effects in this one are really top-notch. And they were actually replicas of real towns. Perfect. Yeah, there you go. Right. So it's they put a ton of work in this movie, no exceptions. They even There's the one scene where like the, a dam bursts. And it's funny because the main character has to save a baby that's like left on the dam. Yeah, the, just the baby. The imagery of this is funny because it's like a really wide shot of just a baby sitting there as water's coming at it. Baby is in a basket and it falls off of a moving vehicle and they don't notice the baby fell oh, off gotcha. until, until the water's coming. And it lands right side up perfectly on the road. Perfectly unharmed, yes. Okay, good, good. And our main hero does run in and save that beautiful baby and the very last second too yes yeah you know just add a little tension in the movie but they built a they built a a replica dam they actually Mm -hmm. got like these i think they they said they had to use four thousand gallons of water for that scene Mm -hmm. to make it to make it look like a real dam burst really that's that's crazy actually yeah um uh they're, they replicate the, uh, I forget the name of the monument, the Tokyo Tower. Yes. Uh, yeah, the Tokyo Tower, they recreate that, and I think that looks really good. Yeah, they actually built, uh, which there are some scaling issues, because you, you can see, like, how big the larva costume is, but then, like, when it's compared to the Tokyo Tower, there's some slight size differentiating, but mm-hmm. it still looks good, and this was kind of uh, Toho's, this was them replicating the famous scene of uh, King Kong climbing the Empire State Building. So gotcha. this was kind of like an homage to that sort of scene. Oh, that's cool. And, I like that. And uh, I actually did like it too when Mothra fell off of the tower and just like hit like this big loud thud on the ground. <laughs> yeah, because it's like a big fat larva. It, make, it makes <laughs> sense. Yeah, and, and when that scene goes on for a bit because she like shoots her string uh everywhere all over the tower and that that lasts for a little bit um it, it kind of adds some suspense because that's the tokyo towers where she cocoons up so she could become mothra yeah it, but that was that was a really cool looking scene they try to they try to kill the the cocoon they shoot these atomic <laughs> rays like a ray gun at it and mm-hmm. it doesn't kill her and then uh when it when it does because you know mothra really rocks your socks at at first and then you're like hoping that she takes wing at some point <laughs> yeah yeah and and then she finally does yeah and it looks it's glorious oh yeah mothra is an awesome looking monster just like the she stands out because of the colors she has she looks really nice and just the the i can't imagine the work that goes into making mothra work you know like to flap the wings and everything it's probably intense. So I think, so what, what they said is that the Mothra uh, monster was actually a lot easier to control than the larva. The larva, it required eight people to control. God. And guess what? Nakajima, Godzilla, Rodan actor, is also Mothra too. Of course. He, he is like a forever job. Well, at that point, like he was just like constantly getting work. Yeah, I mean, if you see a monster... In a Toho movie, 99% chance it's going to be him. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know what was interesting is at the same time, we had like an espionage movie where the little boy, there's a little boy as part of the news group. They like, he he goes through a whole quest to steal the, the two twins 
to bring them to the to Mothra because there's this whole weird subplot because America, of course, or whatever fake country it is, exploits them and makes them perform shows to people. And uh, yeah, it's super interesting. And the bodyguards that are protecting them beat this kid up. They beat up the kid. But they bound and gag a little kid and just yeah. beat the crap out of them. <laughs> yeah. Um, because the whole thing is just like, of course, our main people think it's wrong that they're exploiting these two women and uh, they want to bring them back to Mothra. Well, because, yeah, the, the, the women even, the little fairies even say that Mothra is coming and, you know, you, uh, you guys need to be get ready for that. And mm-hmm. so they're begging, like, please send these fairies back home. And mm-hmm. they're, and even uh, the fake country was like, oh, well, that's his property. We're going to stand by him. They were willing to protect this one guy just because he kidnapped these women from an island. Yeah, but he eventually gets what's coming to him whenever he he goes back to his people. Yeah, so Mother does come back to Roliskia or whatever. It comes yeah. back and uh, starts wreaking havoc there, and it does look exactly like America. It looks yeah, like San it's Francisco. New- yeah, yeah. I, I felt I got like a New York vibe off of it, but well, I, I, San Francisco makes sense. I guess it would new york because they do call it new kirk so they call it they literally call it new kirk city okay and, yeah it's like and, new and, Dark city right exactly <laughs> yeah. and the bridge in there too uh i think i guess it's supposed to be the brooklyn bridge but it kind of looked like the golden gate but i guess it wasn't red so i guess it was the brooklyn but anyway mm-hmm. it would look like a major american city so yeah. yeah, which I find interesting that Mothra was like, "All right, I'm steering clear of Japan. We're hopping out of here. We're gonna we're gonna attack New New Kirk City. I'm heading over there." But I guess that's right. where the fairies were, so it makes sense. But I did like it though. I, I so normally these movies kind of end on like a little bit of a downer or just kind of like this real pessimistic type of ending where mm-hmm. they just kind of like, "Oh, if only we didn't do all these nuclear tests," but once they uh, they do give back the fairies to Mothra, Mothra kind of flies back, and that's that's the end of the movie. Everyone's happy. Yeah, I think that's what I really appreciated about it is like this movie really played up the fact that the monster wasn't really a villain. Like more than the other ones, it was like okay, well, Mothra just really wanted her people back and wanted to leave, and and I think that's good. I think it was nice to end on a positive note. The only thing I wish would have happened in this movie is that the main villain is that he would uh, he would have encountered Mothra, or Mothra would have kind of given him his comeuppance instead. But he he has like a pretty violent death because he ends yeah. up he ends up murdering a police officer and then he just gets gunned down in the middle of the street. Yeah, what a weird scene because I guess he, it it's still really played up, but he's like in the car. And then he imagines the people outside of the car is the tribe's people. And he hops out with his gun. He looks like crazed. Like he's just going to mow. He was going to mow down people himself. It's a, cause like, it doesn't show him going insane at any point in the movie that it comes out of left field. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's a good scene. And he, it was a, it was a good scene and he was a great villain. And it, yeah, you oh, know, yeah. it was, so I, it does, it, it is somewhat satisfying. Like I said, I just wish he would have encountered, a Mothra because he doesn't actually see Mothra at any point. No, he doesn't because he kind of runs away. 
Right. Uh, but no, Jerry Ito is really good as this villain. He was he was definitely the part I remembered the most in this movie. More, well, other than Mothra. Maybe the most memorable human, I should say. Yeah, and unfortunately, he didn't have a great career after this. He, yeah, unfortunately. He, he had His career was ended up getting cut short in the 70s after suffering a pretty massive stroke. And Oh, that sucks. And he basically lost his he couldn't speak for years and then eventually he did gain a speech back, but then he died in 2000 in the early 2010s. So had a, had a long ish life, but didn't have a very long career. That's sad. That's really sad. Cause he definitely could have been like really cool in like, like, you know, action type movies in, in Japan. So Um, I guess I'll I'll get into some behind the scenes stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, So like I said, they cast, uh, Frankie Sakai, who was the reporter character, the main dude, um, he was mainly a comedic actor, and it it does show. You know, he has very expressive body movements and things like that. So that doesn't that wasn't really surprising to me. But mm-hmm. uh, one thing that's funny is that he actually has a connection to one of our other movies, where he was in a movie called Shogun with Richard Chamberlain. Oh from- yeah, <laughs> that's like a TV movie, right? <laughs> Yeah, it's, it was like a mini series that was also, but that was shortened into like a movie length. Oh, cool, cool. So he's in that movie as well. Um, supposedly, when he was messing with like, because there's one scene where he gets a mouse like caught in his suit and he's like wiggling it out. Apparently, like the mouse like bit him really hard and like he was bleeding a lot. Oh my god! Because oh, <laughs> I thought it was like fake. I thought he was just like kind of reaching around, like oh, the rats in me. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm maybe a. I don't think like on his body. I think when he was like actually handling it with his gotcha. Hands, so. Okay, I was about to say, <laughs> but, but uh, yeah, he was in this movie. He ended up having a pretty. He had a really long career. I mean, he, it spanned a long time. Um, the Peanuts, like I said, they were in this movie. They actually brought name recognition to this movie because, like I said, like they were really popular in the fifties, and that this was like a reason like people like went to see this movie is to go see the peanuts like on the big screen interesting isn't that why the original guy who did the score for the other godzilla movies didn't return because he didn't want to make a song for the peanuts he didn't think he could do it that's yeah that was kind of like the undergoing thing because i will say i wasn't too big a fan of the movie of the score that was in here it's not as iconic it's fine it's fine it's not it's not bad but it's not iconic like the godzilla ones yeah nothing really stands out uh the mothra song does of course but everything else doesn't really yeah and speaking of the mothra song the song was originally written into japanese and they actually translated it into indonesian so for the singing part and okay you want to know how they did that? How? They, they randomly showed up to Tokyo University and found a random Indonesian foreign exchange student to translate <laughs> a song for a movie. That's awesome. <laughs> they were literally like, oh, we got to find an Indonesian real fast here. <laughs> I guess so, yeah. That's cool. So they, but yeah, they sung that. That was kind of like their claim to fame, like I said. And then they kind of stopped appearing in movies in the 70s. And they both had end up having really long lives. So oh, good for them. Um, other main ones, uh, the main scientist character, Chujo, um, he was he's, I, he was deeply associated with 
Mothra. And in fact, so much so, which I don't know how long it's going to be if we ever do cover this one, but in the 2000s movie, uh, Tokyo SOS Godzilla, Mothra is in that movie, and he actually returns and reprises his role from this movie. Oh, that's awesome. I like yeah. that. I, I Hopefully we get there. That would be exciting. Yeah, it'll be a little while, but I yeah. just wanted to talk, but I just wanted to mention that. Um, yeah, yeah. So another thing was uh, this movie was a big hit in Japan. It did really well. It did had about 9 million people that attended this movie. Not as much as King Kong versus Godzilla, but still a respectable amount Mm -hmm. of people. Um, In America, this movie was not looked too favorably. Really? (laughs) It was, there was some good reviews where it it had decent, but you could tell, like, you see, like, in Japan, like, Made in Japan was kind of seen, like, as this, like, B-movie type of, tier where it was just they didn't really see much name value into it and in fact so much that mothra was at one point called the thing wow interesting so because there's even at one point where godzilla versus mothra was called godzilla versus the thing (laughs) that'd be a much different movie if it was the thing from the john carpenter movie (laughs) oh that would be that'd be a that'd be an insane movie that'd be wacky uh, but it, that, that is interesting. Do you want to know how they were promoting this movie? Yes, I do. <laughs> so this movie was on a double bill with three Stooges in orbit, like the late Stooges. I was going to say, yeah, like that's 60 Stooges. They were, yeah, yeah. 60 Stooges by then three Stooges have already had died at this point. So <laughs> there's like the two surviving members, and like their third curly but anyway yeah <laughs> um so i i do have a question about the english version do you know anything about the voice actors in the english version i only know about one okay um to me i i i'll, I'll do some research but a lot of it sounded like white people doing impressions of asian people there was and yeah. they even said like so around this time was around the same time that breakfast with tiffany's was out mm. so they kind of had like this super racial character caricature of uh how japanese people are like the mickey rooney impression like because even at one point like in the english one the guy goes like ah so like and just yeah. very very asian dialect but it was a bunch of white people it sounded like so in fact one of them was actually the voice actor from the original speed racer oh cool. and this one so just to show you where they're like, they're kind of pulling from their resources. Yeah. Yeah. From like very early anime dubs. Actually like one way they actually got white people into their movie. Cause if you notice like in Japan and like in the, the foreign country scene, there's a ton of white people in that scene. Yes. Yeah. And there's actually, actually a fair amount of white people speaking in Japanese in this movie as well. Yeah, I was surprised and, by that. And and in the commentary, they actually interviewed one of the extras from Mothra and who was actually a journalist at the time. And it was really wild how they would do this. They would, he said he was out walking one day. So he was this white guy walking at around the street and like, like somebody came up to him and just like, Hey, are you busy right now? And they're <laughs> just like, uh, no, he's like, Oh, I, I just need you for the day. We'll pay you. Don't worry. And then they, he just comes over there and they're just, 
they needed a random white guy and wow. they 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 would pull from everywhere like there was several like there was like a group of uh just white people that they had like a like a theater group that they would just like pull from and sometimes not even professional actors they would just get like white businessmen that were staying in, <laughs> in Japan at the time. And they're just like, do you want to be in the movie? Like, <laughs> Yeah. And then of course, yeah, I'll be in your movie. <laughs> That's so awesome. There's just, there's just like these group of, uh, cause even the journalist, he was just like, yeah, I was in a couple of like Japanese movies. They <laughs> Sometimes yeah. I got to speak in it. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, that's interesting. They didn't have like a, a set like, okay, well, yeah, we got we got a few white actors in studio. They were just like picking up people on the street. Yeah, that's, that's it, cool. But it is kind of funny that just that that's just how they did things back then. Um, yeah. But you know, having that scene with all those uh, American-looking people in this movie was actually really intentional because Columbia had actually had bought the rights to this movie to be distributed. Mm-hmm. And they actually asked for a scene where it had a more international feel to it. So that's why the ending of this movie takes place in this fictional country. Gotcha. That that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because that seems to be... They seem to be really tied together. Because didn't it come out, like, right after, like, it came out in Japan? It, um, it was less than a year. So it was yeah. 1961 and then early 1962 that it came out in America. Yeah, so it seemed like they were tied together. And I mean, like, of course, there's issues with the transfer. Well, actually, I was going to ask, what what are, are some big things? Is there anything, like, huge that they cut out for the English version? No, well, like, the, so there was a lot of religious aspects there in the Japanese one with, like, with crosses and crucifixes and yeah. how it's there's a real deep grain of religion put into, like, Mothra and, like, how Mothra is summoned and they cut out a lot of that. There's a lot of like where like one of the native women is doing like a little seductive type of dance type of thing that's cut down. Mm-hmm. Um, just a lot of like real minor stuff. And honestly, I don't really think they've, it was nothing too dramatic where it just changed the movie too bad. I don't, I don't feel like. Yeah. When, when I watched it, it felt like the same movie. Like I knew some stuff was cut in like, you know, some of the dialogue was different, but watching both of them, i thought they both worked pretty much the same way. Yeah. And like I said, there's a lot of Christianity elements into Mothra. So Mothra is very Christian. Don't let anyone tell you any different. (laughs) And, but uh, there's a lot of, there's a lot of elements in there that they just took out just to make it, I guess, to have a more worldly appeal or whatever. So they just, they wanted to cut that out. So, but to promote this movie, like I said, they actually would, the Columbia would give out press books to the theaters because, you know, that's how they used to do it back in the day. Yeah, they would just they would give uh, theaters these books and give them ideas on how to promote these movies. So <laughs> here's three ideas that are the some of the most outrageous things I've heard. Where okay, they <laughs> so one was they told the theater to have weapons on display in their in their lobby, like guns and <laughs> like like machine guns, like all these types of different weaponry just in their lobby sitting there and have a big sign that say these weapons couldn't stop mothra (laughs) what the hell just (laughs) weapons on display in your local theater that's weird um yeah i just you know you just you just i mean can you imagine just like live guns just like sitting like in a case or whatever like yeah you see these guns they they couldn't stop them and that's so silly because like they don't even like 
that I wouldn't even say like them fighting. I mean, they do fight against Mothra, but it's not like that big of a deal through for most of the movie. Another one is have two scantily classed valley girls go to the business district and schoolyards with signs saying Mothra is the most fantastic love story ever told. At the schoolyard? Yeah, they get kids interested in Mothra. Yeah, be, oh yeah, it's a love story, kids. You'll you'll enjoy <laughs> this one. That's that's a weird. Hire two valley girls, like what? It's, that's that's what it's that's what they I, said. I hope some theaters did this. <laughs> I I love that. You just imagine like these two, like okay, imagine you're at school and then these two like women just show up and they're just. Not just Mothra, but just any movie. Like, hey, <laughs> you yeah. kids heard about this movie coming yeah. out? You ever heard of The English Patient? Greatest love story ever told, kids. Go go see that winner. You know, just like <laughs> Capote, some winners. Oh, they'd say, if they did that, they'd say, The English Patient, the most action-packed movie yeah. you'll ever see. Yeah, it's exciting from beginning to end. <laughs> yeah. um, and the last thing, was put radioactive materials in the theater and bring a Geiger counter to show how it works. Okay, now, now come on. <laughs> come on, are they, are they stupid? What? I, I uh, mean, I, I get... I, I mean, did they not know the long-term effects of radioactivity? I thought they would. I, I don't think, like, the way they do now, but they should have known that it's not safe to be around radio. Well, Godzilla happens because of radioactivity, so yes. I so, know. I mean, like, I, I, so I don't know if they literally meant, like, bring radioactivity, in, or or did they just mean, like, you know, like, get a guy or counter to, like, beep at stuff and, like, oh, it's radioactive, or what? So I didn't know if they, they didn't expound upon that. They just, they read it verbatim like that, Yeah, so. Yeah, <laughs> and, that's that's what I, I, I maybe it's just very light radioactivity. Um, yeah. So it was, I, I just, can you imagine, I, again, like I'm just trying to imagine like, you're just like at a theater and they're just like, don't go, this area has got radioactivity guys. Check it out. <laughs> yeah. Come on into the theater. We got radioactive stuff. Get, get mutated in our theater. It's wonderful. <laughs> yeah. Get cancer. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's, that's just some really wild ways. Uh, the move, the DVD, the Blu-ray also does come with a, a teaser trailer, which is actually like one made by Columbia where they actually had hand-drawn artwork, but it's all, it's a black and white one too. So it was pretty neat. And uh, okay, it's just like these hand-drawn drawings. It doesn't show you what Mothra looks like. It's just showing like a bunch of tanks attacking like, this misshapen figure. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a full length trailer. And again, they don't show Mothra at all. They just kind of like keep it really vague, but it's, it's really neat to see like the video quality of what it was like back in the sixties. Yeah. Yeah. No. And I, I, old trailers are really interesting anyway. They give away a lot of the plot. I don't know about this trailer. I don't watch it, but I usually find that uh, old trailers just were like, Hey, here's a whole scene from the movie and the ending. You should go see it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh, but the, like I said, it was it was a, it was a success. Um, did really well in Japan. Did decent in America. Decent enough to where you know it 
Mothra did have some rec- name recognition in America, not a ton as Godzilla, but this movie was so successful. This is the movie that originally, because, you know, Godzilla, like we said, was on ice at this point, quite literally, yeah. um, after Raids Again, and they were, Toho was really unsure if they were going to bring back Godzilla or not, and yeah. once they made this movie, they were kind of like, okay, yeah, they people still like these movies, and then... Mm-hmm. When they needed a foe, I guess they would rather King Kong fight Godzilla instead of Mothra. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> and <laughs> um, and then, I'm I'm so excited to check out Mothra versus uh, Godzilla. I think that's going to be fun. Yeah, it's yeah. a lot of, a lot of more of the same. Mothra has a lot of the same character designs, um, mm-hmm. but we'll we'll definitely be getting into that. Um, some rare, really last minute facts that I do want to throw in at the end is uh-huh. uh, uh, one thing I didn't mention on last one from the cleanup was uh, King Kong's roar. Didn't mention oh, yeah. that. Yep. Uh, King Kong was done by a mixture of a walrus and a lion. Hey, that's pretty cool. <laughs> and it, and it, after I heard that, I was like, yeah, okay. I, I yeah. can kind of hear that. You know, they could have gotten a gorilla, but that's fine. <laughs> I, I wanted that more like primal type of yell, I believe. So. I guess it makes sense, yeah. Uh, and then Mothra has her own little roar. It's just this real high pitched type of squeal type of thing. Yeah, she does. And, yeah. and that is Angus's roar, but sp- sped up really fast. Okay, cool. I didn't realize that. Yeah, so it's yeah. little things like that. And I believe also, too, a couple of times it does use Rodan's roar, but again, it's sped up. Like at a real, a much higher pitch because mm-hmm. she's a female, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> bugs, bugs do make that noise. Uh, they do. Yeah, I hear it all okay. the time. Oh yeah, yeah. I can't get any sleep. Oh uh, yeah, I can only imagine <laughs> the butterflies out back are just screeching all night long. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, one other fact too that I I for, didn't add it. I didn't know where to throw it in was uh when Mothra was climbing up Tokyo tower, um, the Tokyo tower set was actually stolen at one point after this movie was over and it was actually repurposed for a Gamera movie. The studio from Gamera actually took this off the toe no. and, and put it in a Gamera movie. <laughs> These bastards. How could they? That's actually yeah. really insane that another movie studio <laughs> would do that. Like that's like a like, heist. <laughs> yoink. Just, we're just going to borrow this for a while, guys. Wow. I, that's pretty awesome. Actually. <laughs> uh, lastly, uh, what do you think the body count was in this movie? Oh, in this one? I don't know, because, like, they get to destroy a lot of, like, people. Uh, yeah. 90. Very close. It's okay. 82. 82? Okay, cool. cool. And, again, that's a rough estimate, because just judging by the amount of cars, because especially when Mothra does destroy the bridge, that there's a ton of cars on that bridge. Yeah, and, and who knows? <laughs> they could have been a whole family. They could have had someone hidden in the trunk. You, you never know. <laughs> How people are you think are hidden in trunks right now, Nathan? Right now? Uh, <laughs> 90, maybe? Well, let, me, let me check in my car out back real quick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> See, that's, that's a little safety PSA. Check your trunks. There's sometimes people in there. Sometimes. Every now and then. Yeah, yeah. But, um, but yeah, I, I'm sure I'm missing off something in here. Uh, 
one oh okay one last thing the name mothra was literally moth mothra mixed with godzilla and oh, mothra wow. so gotcha okay so simple yeah there you go yeah but i think that's everything that i have to add i'm sure i'll be hitting myself later trying to think of cleanup but yeah. i'll go that in our next toho episode yeah I th- usually right after an episode you're like i forgot this but we got cleanup don't worry um but no i mean i really enjoyed Mo- mothra overall i really thought it was a fun time i actually recommend checking this one out you don't really i mean of course watch godzilla first but you don't actually need a lot of context or any context going into this one it's a good time yeah and i'm actually excited if if whenever we do get to that, uh, Mothra does have her own trilogy in the nineties. Yeah. So I'd be looking forward to watching those too. Yeah. Yeah. I watched one of them as a kid. So that'll be fun to revisit. I really like that. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But um, Nathan, what are we going to be talking about next time? 1938's reefer madness. And you know what that's going to make next week? Another double feature week, another theme double feature week. So, yeah, we got a couple weed movies coming up. Yeah, we're going to get really high on these two episodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. We're be Not stay literally. tuned. Yeah, we're going to get high on life, high on movies. You know, yeah. we're real movie fans. I'm going to sit on my high chair. Yeah, so stay, <laughs> oh, yeah. So stay tuned for that. Uh, Reefer Madness is free on Tubi. If you have any Mothra memories or you just have some general thoughts, opinions about the podcast, please email us at driveindoublefeaturepodcast at gmail.com or, and, and, or follow us on Twitter at DIDFpod, where we post updates about upcoming episodes. But until next time. Until next time. Mother.